Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, Terry Nielsen from the Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo Economic Development and Tourism joins us to discuss the recent trip by the Alberta Ministry of Forestry and Parks to highlight Alberta as a hunting destination. We also have Beverly Sherrera on the show to discuss a Brunch and Learn event coming up centered around the cost of living. Lastly, Nick Brenner, the Regional Fire Marshal for RMWB, joins us to talk about some fire safety tips. Joining me on the phone here today is Terry Nielsen, the Director of Tourism for Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo Economic Development and Tourism. Terry, how are you doing today? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well myself. Uh, thank you so much. We're here to talk about uh, the uh, Ministry of Forestry and Parks and their trip to Nevada to highlight Alberta as a hunting and outdoor destination. Uh, Minister Todd Lowen in Nevada last week. Uh, is this good news for uh, the FMWB? Absolutely, Ryan. Um, it's it's interesting news, and we knew we sort of knew that this was coming uh, uh, coming out. So in the in the past. Um, our government, um, there was some hesitation because of some sensitivities around hunting where the, the, the government didn't really want to promote, um, hunting as, as, and, you know, uh, as an outdoor, um, experience here in, uh, not only our region, but in Alberta. So the fact that the government is, interested in promoting um, hunting now and 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 what we have for outdoor experiences here um, is really helpful to all of the destinations in Alberta. And for those of us in Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo, it, it can be a little hard to remember that recreation is available in our own backyard. Absolutely. Like hunting is part of the heritage of the people living in Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo. So and some of our most successful tour operators um, in our region are uh, hunting and fishing outfitters and have been doing so for many, many years. Um, and maybe, you know, many of our residents here may not even know that. Americans coming north for hunting, fishing, other outdoor recreation that uh, the FMWB offers. Would you be able to quantify how big that is for the area? I don't, uh, Ryan, have the exact numbers year over year, uh, but um, it's not only Americans. We have a lot of Europeans and uh, Canadians from across Canada, as well as the Americans that come to Fort McMurray with Buffalo uh, and uh, hunt and fish with the outfitters that we have in our region. Would you say that's a large percentage of, uh, you know, the tourism that, you know, people are attracted to when it comes to the Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo region? I think at this time, yeah, we are busy growing the experiences that people can take part in. But right now, they, I would say that they're almost the most established tourism experiences that we have. And, you know, I think they've probably been doing so in our region for, you know, 30 years or more. Uh, if they're here over the next couple of weeks as well, it's starting to warm up, uh, and that has to be good for business as well. 
absolutely. Like, um, you know, winter winter experiences, whether it's hunting or fishing or, um, you know, just out sledding or, I don't know, <laughs> all of the things that we do here, uh, winter is consistent in our region, let's put it that way. And so we are, and the Northern Lights, so we're a great destination for winter vacationing. I know all of us in Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo sometimes think that we want to go to a warm destination, but we need to start thinking about how great a winter destination our own region is. That's exactly right. And uh, what are some of those upcoming events, uh, you know, coming to Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo's region that uh, you'd like to discuss? Actually, I want to encourage everybody to come down to, we have our very own, that our RMWB puts on winter play every every year, um, and that's coming up. And what a great winter festival that we have. Um, it's a homegrown festival. And this year, stay tuned because we've partnered together with the RMWB and are bringing um, some extra fun, uh, extra shows into winter play. So it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Um, and uh, we're encouraging people from outside the region to come and join us for winter play. So we're really super stoked. Keep an eye on our socials um, and you'll start to see that information come out. And where can people find more information on uh, FMWB and uh, the stuff that they're uh, taking part in? Absolutely. You can always go to our website, which is fmwb.ca. And under the Visit and Explore tab, we have a list of all the different experience and tourism operators in our region, as well as events and all the cool things that you can do in our region. Terry Nielsen, anything else you'd like to add today? Hey, I just want to say also to tell everybody to come down and see us at the Fort McMurray Chamber of Commerce Spring Trade Show. Uh, we're going to have be down there, and we just want the whole region to learn about tourism in our own region and become tourists and advocates for our destination. So I look forward to seeing you all there. Awesome, Terry. Thank you so much for the time here today. Thank you, and uh, I really appreciate your time as well. We'll be back with more on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Joining me on the phone here today is Beverly Sherrera. She is the program manager for Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo Economic Development and Tourism. Beverly, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well myself. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for taking the time here today to chat about uh, this important uh, event. Uh, What can you tell me about the Cost of Living Brunch and Learn? Well, the Cost of Living um, Brunch and Learn is uh, uh, put together by our organization and uh, the municipality. Uh, It's uh, an opportunity for us to discuss the recently released Alberta Living Wage um, numbers. Uh, Alberta Living Wage Network does a, a comprehensive study of 16 municipalities across Alberta uh, to de- determine what um, an individual in each municipality would need to earn per hour to be able to uh, live comfortably, um, cover their basic needs, as well as um, you know, take part in uh, extra extracurricular activities within the community. So it's it's our uh, opportunity to evaluate this information and see how um, organizations and businesses kind of measure up to the the living wage. 
It is no doubt that inflation has impacted life in Fort McMurray. Is uh, there any way to quantify how big of an issue it's become here? It is certainly a big issue. Um, We are currently, um, from the living wage numbers that came out last year, we are number three in the province. Uh, So we're behind Kenmore and Jasper. Um, and just slightly ahead of Calgary. So that, um, in on giving our rural um, remoteness to uh, major cities, I think uh, added costs are certainly felt a bit more here. I know that grocery, everybody's talking about the cost of groceries, um, just the, the increased um, costs have, are certainly being felt across our region. And um, there are businesses, though, that have taken um, steps in addressing this. Uh, Acton, uh, which is going to be uh, one of the presenters at the event, uh, has worked to become a living wage uh, organization, meaning that they pay their uh, employees the, the living wage. So it is being felt. There are solutions in place and um, it's just about getting together and seeing how we could uh, better uh, address the issue. Cost of groceries uh, for sure have gone up, but also the cost of delivery to get those groceries up to Fort McMurray. Uh, I imagine that's a bit of an issue as well. That's correct, and and that's why I mentioned the the remoteness. Uh, our location does not um, help uh, matters, and it's it's exactly for that reason. From your perspective, how is Fort McMurray and area handling inflation and, uh, you know, the cost of living? Because, again, it's a difficult uh, thing to uh, not only discuss, but also kind of live through uh, throughout Canada. Um, Right. And I I think that, like I mentioned, Acton and what they're doing for their employees, um, I, I think that the ramifications are being felt across, uh, you know, the social profit sector. I know the food bank has, um, you know, been at an increased demand the past several years and more so now. Um, so in terms of how we're addressing, I think this is really a great opportunity for agencies and for individuals in our organization, in our community to be able to discuss what's happening um, and how they're uh, addressing the needs with maybe if it's a, a social uh, profit, how they're addressing the needs with their clientele or how employers are addressing um, the issue with their employees, what sort of incentives they're offering. And and the, the thing about the cost of living um, wages that are released by the Alberta network is that there are opportunities for businesses to step up and help um, employees in ways that are not necessarily around increasing wages, uh, but perhaps offering mental health days or um, subsidized gym memberships or um, just unique ways that kind of lessen the burden on employees, um, but then also uh, allow businesses to step up. So we're going to really delve into this with um, panel discussions and just opportunity for audience to share their input. It's the first of its kind. This talk is the first of its kind in our community. So I think there's a lot of learnings and perhaps um, a way of uh, strategizing how we move forward as a community. You mentioned this is the first of its kind here in Fort McMurray. Who all will be taking part in this cost of living brunch? And uh, you did kind of mention this also, but uh, what will all be discussed? Uh, uh, well, we'll have uh, our 
mayor in attendance, uh, Tenny Yao, um, will be in attendance as well. Uh, in Acton, we'll have a representative from Acton doing a presentation. They are actually uh, the 100th Alberta living wage employer. Um, so that's a, a really big deal, and we, we um, will celebrate that with them. And also we'll have a representative from the Alberta Living Wage Network give a presentation um, and an overview of how they come up with a number, um, what other communities are doing, and um, how they assist communities and businesses that are looking into participating in becoming um, Alberta Living Wage employers. Then we'll have uh, Gaylene from the Vital Signs, uh, with a Vital Signs um, presentation. She's from the Wood Buffalo Community Foundation. Um, and then we have uh, an individual from the Poverty Reduction Network that will share their insights as well. Uh, there's going to be uh, LifeMark Vocational Services. Alberta Health Services is also going to be present for our panel discussion, as well as the Center of Hope and uh, McCoy. You know, cash is king, of course, but uh, you did mention a couple of other ways that employers can help out employees. Would you be able to elaborate on that a little? Um, yes, so uh, I mentioned um, if they're not able to pay a living wage, uh, they can offer incentives for employees to have time off uh, for mental health or uh, just for personal um you know, just for personal time off, that often comes in very handy during times like this where people um, are a little bit more stressed and there's a little bit more pressure um, within households. Um, they can offer um, reduced gym membership costs if, if it's possible. They can partner with uh, nonprofits or other, I mean, businesses can, profit, uh, can partner with nonprofits or other uh, agencies in the community that offer services that may be of benefit to their um, employees um, to make that a bit easier for, for employees to access services within the community. Um, and really, we are going to be delving in and, and hearing what um, some of the businesses do across Alberta. Um, that's through the presentation that will uh, happen. So um, we're going to really look at this as an opportunity um, to learn and to inform um, businesses and organizations as to what's happening in other parts of Alberta, what works, and what could they feasibly do within um, their businesses. For those that would like to take part, uh, is there registration, or how can people take part? Yes, tickets are available on Eventbrite, um, so you can search for cost. Um, sorry. Tickets are available on Eventbrite, and you can search for Cost of Living Brunch and Learn, um, and uh, they're $22 per, per ticket. Beverly Sherrera, anything else you'd like to add on this event? Um, no, I'm just really excited and really looking forward to um, having this discussion and uh, being able to welcome everybody and, and kind of strategize next steps, um, and we intend to keep this conversation um, going throughout throughout the year and hopefully get our um, our number 
down for the the next round when um, Alberta Living Wage Network does their their cost of living uh, analysis. We definitely don't want to be uh, second on the list. So uh, we're really intent on working together as a community to to ensure that those who are working are able to earn uh, a livable wage. Well, Beverly, thank you so much for taking the time uh, with us to discuss this event and uh, the cost of living in Fort McMurray. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Coming up, Fire Marshal Nick Brenner on Fort McMurray Matters. And we're back. I'm Ryan McNeil, your host for Fort McMurray Matters. Joining me on the phone today is Nick Brenner. He's the Fire Marshal for the Fort McMurray Fire Department. Nick, how are you doing today? Yeah, Ryan, great. Happy to be here with you and your audience. Hey, thank you so much uh, for joining us here. I uh, wanted to ask a little bit about some uh, fire safety during these cold temperatures. I know it's starting to warm up a little bit here, but uh, it's important uh, information to remember, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, glad to share some information here. Yeah, so uh, I guess what can you tell me about, uh, you know, fire safety? Uh, I met, You mentioned uh, beforehand, uh, you know, smoking fires and uh, how uh, the Fort McMurray Fire Department is, is losing houses uh, to uh, that situation. Yeah, it does. And uh, first and foremost, though, I was thought maybe uh, I'd tell you what prevention actually is here at the fire department. So prevention is a part of the fire department that aims to prevent fire from occurring and reduce the losses when a fire does occur. So maybe another way of kind of looking at that is through risk. Uh, both sides are risk, probability and the consequences. Uh, we reduce the chances and frequency of fire on the probability side, and we work to reduce the impact of fire on the consequences side. Uh, maybe a simpler way, an easier way of saying that still is that we prevent the loss and we reduce the loss. And uh, kind of an annoying kind of overused cliche, I guess, too, is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. But the interesting context here is prevention of fire loss is a more cost-effective way of dealing with the fire problem. So intuitively, I, if nothing else, I think most taxpayers realize that preventing fire from occurring is much cheaper than putting one out and suffering the losses that it's produced. And if we kind of look at this and examine it uh, as an example from fire prevention from uh, an inspection function, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was in, uh, in an apartment building with a maintenance supervisor going through there. I think his name was Mr. Monsoon. Uh, good guy, keen guy, loves the fire code. Uh, as we're going through the building, we showed up to uh, uh, a mechanical room. We go in, we have a look, and, and what we see is there's a stack of papers and pizza boxes up against the furnace in there. Uh, so we look at that, I tell him, hey, this stuff isn't supposed to be in here, and you have these combustibles right up against the ignition source. Uh, so here you see us preventing the loss by removing those combustibles from the furnace. That fire is not going to happen. That is preventing the loss. We look around the room some more. There's a damper. The dampers have fusible links. They're supposed to be serviced. Uh, he says, yeah, we had them serviced, um, inspected, tested, Here's the documentation. So this gives you reasonable assurance that in the event there is a fire in that room, the fusible link and the damper will activate, it will close, and if there is a fire there, that fire will stay in the room. The heat and hot gases and other products of combustion will not leave that room. So here we are. This is reducing the loss in action. That fire will stay there until our expert firefighters will come and finish the job. You know, something as simple as, you know, moving paper in boxes too, right, uh, as fire prevention. Uh, that, that's got to be, uh, you know, something that's, you know, relatively easy to do, but uh, something you may just may not think of. 
You're exactly right. And in the, these things that I'm speaking about today and the tips and tricks that are kind of coming up here, it's not to say that people don't really know what they're doing. Uh, we get it. We understand. But like you say, it's just stop, think twice, double check. This is kind of the message here. A little bit of education, some information, and truly a little bit of empowerment. We want to get you confident and competent enough that you can kind of manage your own fire prevention. During the wintertime, what are some of the more common causes of fire? Yeah, here's a few here. And uh, for all my friends that, that have trailers and mobile homes, I got to speak to heat tape. Uh, the heat tape here, this is to kind of heat the pipes under the, these structures to make sure that the water can free, free flow, uh, flow freely. And it must be used properly. It's got to be inspected regularly. Have a look. Replace it if it has cuts, cracks, charring animal chew marks, bare wires, or a looser missing end. And, and further to this, as we were talking about these consequences of fire, so let's say the heat tape, you don't have heat tape or it's otherwise failed and your pipes are there and they've frozen. What happens here in the region, especially with this extreme weather, you need, you need those pipes working immediately. And so I know homeowners will get Get out, get outside, get your blowtorch, get your portable heaters, open up the bottom of that structure, get underneath and do your best and whatever you can to get that water flowing freely again. And again, it's about double checking and thinking twice. There's a lot of combustibles under there. So just watch what you're doing with introducing those ignition sources. Uh, far too often, unfortunately, we see some of those combustibles um, igniting, catching fire, and now you have a fire under the structure that's coming up from underneath and into the home. It does happen. It's kind of heartbreaking, but again, just some tips and tricks. Think twice about what you're doing. Uh, secondly, block heaters. Everyone here is familiar for sure, and uh, certainly over the last couple of weeks, they've been plugged in. And as such, you know, they're a great cold weather defense for your vehicle, uh, but you gotta inspect, inspect these connections often. Uh, use proper outdoor electrical cords, plug it in solidly and keep the connections clean and dry. Don't be running over the cords either. And again, on the consequences side, I have to tell you what we see and, and this is happening. So if you can imagine your vehicle plugged in, uh, good chance it's in your driveway. Uh, if this does catch fire because of the, the connection or the electrical issue, um, what happens next? You'd likely have another vehicle next to this vehicle. Now it's on fire, or maybe it's a side-by-side. -side. Uh, so the loss just increases, increases, increases. Uh, also, if it's in your driveway, it's a good chance that it can extend to your home, and this is something that you do not want. Uh, and how to get ahead of this? Again, just thinking twice and double-checking. Have a look at those cords. Have a look at those connections. Uh, and lastly here, fireplace. You want to keep warm. It's enjoyable for sure. Uh, the message here again, burn seasoned wood. Um, don't put cardboard in there or any other random debris uh, in the fireplace or your wood stove. Uh, when you're finished enjoying it, that ash builds up. When you're moving the ash, you know, use a metal shovel and an ash bucket and keep it far from anything flammable. Uh, another thing, too, annually, have the chimneys inspected uh, for the presence of creosote and other flu failures. So it's cold. <laughs> it can be super annoying. You want to be get get through these tasks as quick as possible in a lot of cases. But again, if you can just pause and think, you know, what am I actually doing here and how can I prevent further risk or at least identify the risk and mitigate it uh, through some easy steps, um, 
you're really going to be saving yourself uh, a lot of suffering, unfortunately, on the back end just by by having a, another thought about these things. Wanted to ask about smoke alarms. Uh, when should people uh, test those out? Uh, yeah, for sure. And kind of a, another great story here, too. I was at... Uh, at St. Martha's before the holidays, uh, a great school, love the Eagles. And while I was there in the hallway, I bumped into uh, to a few kids that came up to me. I think their names were Blake, Tristan, and Molly. Uh, good kids, great kids, probably 11, 9, and 6. Uh, the boys were going on, hey, Fire Marshal Brenner, uh, guess what? We've been testing our smoke alarms every month. Uh, we've been really working with our parents and kind of bugging them to do it because when we go to the school, these are some of the messages we're teaching the kids. They're like, yes, we're doing it every month. And, uh, and he's like, we even had mom replace the batteries uh, a few weeks ago. I was like, great, great. And then Molly goes on to me too. Uh, just another cute, smart kid for sure. Uh, she says, Fire Marshal Brenner, she's like, I want to tell you something. She's like, I know when I'm in my room. She's like, and I hear that beeping. I know it's the smoke alarm, and I know how to check for smoke. I know how to check the door to see if it's warm. I know how to get low and go in that smoke if it's coming near me. I know how to get to my window and get big so the fire department can see me. And she went on to say, and I know if I can get out of my house, uh, I know where to go. I know how to call 911, and I know my, I know my address. So... Just incredible, incredible uh, feeling seeing this. Like, I really cherish these things to know that these kids understand this. And what these kids know and what they have learned and what they're practicing, it's not so hard. So I employ every adult out here listening to me right now to kind of take the lead of these kids. Uh, Know a little something about smoke alarms. So you want to be able to go through your house or wherever you're living. Uh, And for most houses, you'll have a smoke alarm on every level of the house. So look for this. First, confirm that it's actually there because uh, it's it's not really shocking anymore to find places that don't even have smoke alarms. So make sure that it's there. Uh, make sure that it has batteries. Uh, best practice is to have it interconnected. That means it's all connected. Each smoke alarm throughout the house is connected. So say if uh, an alarm goes off in the basement, you're going to hear it in your upstairs bedroom. They'll all go off in the house. Uh, you want to test these monthly, and you want to change the batteries regularly. Uh, secondary, second to that, and in relationship to it, is create and practice a home fire escape plan. This is what Molly was basically explaining. You should know and sit down with your family or your roommates or whoever you're living with, whatever that situation looks like. Hey, if this thing goes off, what are we going to do? You should know two ways out of every every room. You're going to have doors. You're going to have windows. Uh, know how to get out, know how to get together, know how to call 911. And when you get out, stay out. Do not go back in. Uh, And lastly, uh, for safety in the home, you want to be really cognizant of carbon monoxide and, uh, and have a detector. There's a reason carbon monoxide is known as a silent killer. It's colorless, it's odorless, tasteless, and non irritating. So if you have a fuel-burning appliance, you know, think of your, your furnace here uh, or a garage, an attached garage, you need to have these detectors on every level of the home that has sleeping. Okay, and it's these kind of three things, your smoke alarms, your CO detectors, and your home fire escape planning uh, that is going to put you in good shape with a high probability that you're going to be able to leave your house without injury in the event of a fire.
Alrighty, Nick Brenner, the fire marshal for the Fort McMurray Fire Department. Anything else you'd like to add today? Uh, no, if you need any more information, uh, please visit rmwb.ca slash firepreventon or call 780-792-5519. Call anytime about anything. You're going to get a great response from this office for sure. The fire prevention branch is interested in talking to you. And lastly, know that your fire department genuinely and sincerely cares about you. We care about your safety. We care about your well-being. We care about your future, and we care about your prosperity in the region. And fire prevention has a lot to do with that. All righty, Nick. Uh, great having you on. We hope to get you on again sometime soon. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. That was our show for today. A big thank you to my three guests for coming on the show. On tomorrow's show, we hope to have Elder Robert Cree from the Fort McMurray First Nation, as well as Michael Seeger from the Fort McMurray International Airport, to discuss the greetings you may hear during your next stop at the airport in both Cree and Denae. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'm Ryan McNally. Have yourself a great day.